Loving Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for making us to be among the living. Thank you for fulfilling your promise in our lives by giving us protection, guidance, by showing us your love in providing all that we need to sustain our lives. You have been very good to us and we acknowledge this and see all glory, praise, honor, adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Now, Lord, we ask for the gift of your Spirit upon us. Put your words in our mouth that we may speak to bless all those who would listen. May your Spirit be upon all who will be listening and also give them understanding. Help us, Lord, that we also shall understand and be in a position to put into practice all that we will learn. Thank you for hearing and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling December 8 Am I a laudation? I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 The condition of many of those who claim to be the children of God is exactly represented by the message to the Laodicean church. There is opened before those who serve God truths of inestimable value which brought into the practical life show the difference between those who serve God and those who serve Him not. The Bible is the storehouse of the unsearchable riches of God. But those who have a knowledge of the truth do not understand it as fully as they might. They do not bring the love of Christ into the heart and life. The student of the word finds himself bending over a fountain of living water. The church needs to drink deeply of the spirituality of the word. Their service to God needs to be very different from the tame, lifeless, emotionless religious experience that makes many believers but little different from those who believe not. Half-hearted Christians are worse than infidels, for their deceptive words and non-committal position lead many astray. The infidel shows his colors. The lukewarm Christian deceives both parties. He is neither a good worldling nor a good Christian. Satan uses him to do a work that no one else can do. Love of self excludes the love of Christ. Those who live for self are ranged under the head of the Laodicean church, who are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. The ardor of the first love has lapsed into a selfish egotism. The love of Christ in the heart is expressed in the actions. If love for Christ is dull, the love for those for whom Christ has died will degenerate. 
there may be a wonderful appearance for zeal and ceremonies, but this is the substance of their self-inflated religion. Christ represents them as nauseating to his taste. Let us thank God, the Lord, that while this class is so numerous, there is still time for repentance. Amen. title of our devotion is, Am I a Laodicean? Today we can even answer the question, Am I a Laodicean? So who is Laodicea? What does it mean to be a Laodicean? In the book of Revelation, reading from chapter 2 and chapter 3, and by the way, Revelation is a book containing direct messages from none other than Jesus Christ himself. Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he went and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. So John was only the writer. But somebody was dictating to him. Jesus gave it to the angels and the angels were telling John what to write. But Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 was not angels speaking to John and telling him what to write. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 was Jesus himself with his own lips, with his own words speaking to John and John was only writing. Why did Jesus give this message directly? You see, Jesus loves us so much. And he understood the kind of ordeal that his church, his beloved people were going to pass through after his ascension. The writing of the book of Revelation is dated around 100 AD. I would say between maybe 90 to 100 AD, around that period, was when John was thrown into the Isle of Patmos, condemned there to death. And on one Sabbath day, as you can see in Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, one Sabbath day, while John was worshipping and he was in the spirit, Jesus appeared to him with a retinue of holy angels and gave to him these messages. But in the giving of the message directly to his people, to the church, in the different time eras till the time when he will come, he spoke them directly by himself. So we have about seven churches, and these seven churches represent the different time periods of God's people prior to his second coming. The first church was Ephesus. Ephesus represents those who were like the apostles, the apostles during that day and then the church down to that 100 AD. And then after that, there were different events were going to be changing and happening to the children of God. 
And to these different events, they happened at different time periods. And Jesus segmented them into seven, seven churches, symbolized them. As you saw in the book of Revelation chapter 1, there he said that in verse 1, that God sent the message. Jesus sent them and he signified it. He put them in symbols. It was not just direct names. So when he says the church of Ephesus, it doesn't mean the exact building in Ephesus as a church. Rather, it refers to the church, which is the true church, God's people scattered all around the world. When he says in Ephesus, it means during that time period, the first fruits, the first of the Christian church, Ephesus. And after that, of course, you see the next church, which was Smyrna. Smyrna, and then after Smyrna, you see Pegamos. And after Pegamos, you see Tiatira, and after Tiatira, then you see uh, Sardis, and after Sardis, then you go to Philadelphia, and after Philadelphia should be Laodicea. Now, the structure of the message of Jesus to the peop- to the churches was first of all he would point out the good things that he could see in the church. And after that, he will then point out some things that they were not doing fine. And then he will tell them what they should do right. And he will encourage them and tell them, if you do what I ask you to do, I will bless you with this and I will give you this uh, promise. Now, something that is very remarkable is that Laodicea did not have any good thing that he could say about them. If you check it from Revelation 2-3, to even one of them that was very bad, I think that was Sardis. There were many things bad about them, but he could still say one good thing about them. When it comes to Laodicea, it was sad is that Jesus said to them that they were ready to die. Their case was bad. He told them, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. This was all he could say about them. But yet he still told them that he knows thy works and that thou hast a name that thou livest and are dead. But in the case of Laodicea, let us read the message to them in verse 14. He says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, These things, that's Revelation 3 verse 14, These things said the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eye with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Now he goes down and he encourages them further, which we will look at in subsequent devotions but this Laodicea who are they really Laodicea represents the people of the judgment as the name really means Laodicea means the people of the judgment they are the church of God in the last days they are the church of God just prior to the second coming of Jesus they are the church of God at the time of the end the time of the end began in the 1800s mid 1800s and from then was when the proclamation began to be given about the second coming of Jesus, that the hour of judgment is come, as we see in the book of Revelation 14, verse 6 and 7. When the message was given, the hour of judgment is come, that was when this church began, Laodicea, that the church that lives in that hour of judgment, that's why they are called the people of the judgment. 
hour of judgment specifically began when christ entered into the most holy place in 1844 in the the heavenly sanctuary the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary and these people living in the time of the end are the ones who jesus says they are lukewarm so when we ask the question am i laudation what we are actually asking is am i lukewarm because he said that thou art lukewarm you are not cold you are not hot what does it mean to be lukewarm which is what our the focus of our study is today in the devotion we read the condition of many of those who claim to be the children of god is exactly represented by the message to the laudation church i'll go to the second or uh, the third paragraph it says half-hearted christians that is the same thing as being lukewarm to be a half-hearted christian half-hearted christians are worse than infidels which is why jesus said i wish you were either cold or hot now he says they are worse than infidels for their deceptive words and non-committal position lead many astray the infidel shows his colors the lukewarm christian deceives both parties he is neither a good worldling that is cold nor a good christian that is hot satan uses him to do a work that no one else can do wow a work that no one else can do do you know what that work is to lead many who are at the point of decision to perdition that's what they do this non-committal position of being a half-hearted christian is just to stay in between god and the world but where exactly are the laudations they have so much in themselves that make them look a bit like a christian but then there's so much in them that makes them look like the world they are not fully on the lord's on the lord's side and they are not fully on the world's side and that's why jesus said i wish i would that thou were cold or hot because that position is a very deceptive one because when someone who wants to come from the path that is cold which is the worldling he's trying to get to the hot side the laudation looks like he's hot so this worldling will look at the laudation but then he still sees in this laudation so many things in him that he can see in common with himself so the worldling then says since i cannot see so much difference between me and you but i still see some of the hotness in you not let me not say the hotness some some articles of the sanctuary as we say just a little bit of christianity in the person but then he dresses like i dress he watches the same thing i watch we go to the same places we love the same things but he goes to church he goes to church the worldling does not go he has already made it clear that he is an infidel he doesn't believe in jesus but when he tries to believe in jesus but then in practice sees no real difference between his life and this laudation he remains where he is and also when someone who is on the hot side who is a real christian wants to continue following god the laudation will make him feel like he's an extremist or a fanatic or a legalist or that he is taking it too far and so he is deceiving both sides telling the the world you can remain where you are and telling the christian you are an extremist you're taking it too far and the one who is hot by looking at the laudation loses his heat and draws back to become a laudation too 
and that is why we read that Satan uses this laudation to do a work which no one else can do. And what is that work? To hinder those who want to come from the cold side, which is the worldling, to Christianity. It is the laudation who stops them from moving to the other side. Wow. And that is why Jesus said, I would, I would prefer we only had two classes of people. I wish it was just worldling and godly people. But these laudations, which, by the way, I who am speaking, need to examine myself to see whether I am a part of them. And you who are listening should also do the same. And I will speak very specifically very soon. I've already done that a bit. And Jesus is saying, I wish this character of people did not exist because they are hindering my work. And Satan is happy that such a class of people exist because he is using them to hinder those who are in the cold side from coming to the hot side. So how do you know whether you are audition? The world dresses in a certain way. The world have what they love. Like you always quote here, 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, where we are told, Love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love the Father is not in him. And then specifically, he identifies what the world is about. The lust of the flesh, that's verse 16. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. My brothers and sisters, do you go to church? Do you go for spiritual gatherings like the last paragraph of this devotion says? It says in these laudations, there may be a wonderful appearance for zeal and ceremonies. But this is the substance of their self-inflated religion. Christ represents, represents them as nauseating to his taste. Do you know what that means? That this is the substance of their self-inflated religion. Without this appearance of zeal and ceremonies, they will not be laudisha. That is actually what makes them laudisha. What makes them laudisha is that zeal and ceremony they attend. They like to attend church gatherings and programs. But you must know that to attend church gathering and program is not righteousness. That is just zeal and ceremony. Righteousness is about practical godliness. Righteousness is about comparing your life with the law, the holy law of God, and living in harmony with it. Righteousness is about knowing that your life and that of Christ is harmonizing. Righteousness is about not loving the world because we are told in James 4 verse 4, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity against God. Now, the laudations, if you want to know if you are one, you check yourself. Am I zealous in giving money to the church? Am I zealous in attending church programs? Am I zealous in proclaiming myself publicly to be a child of God, a Christian, but yet I watch movies? I want to be specific. You watch movies? You listen to the worldly music, music that in them you can find nothing that will encourage pure thoughts in your mind, that will lead you to Christ. Even if they are not mentioning Christ, that will encourage pure thoughts. Are you listening to music that promotes impurity? Are you going to places and gatherings where you cannot find Jesus there? Where you know that the Holy Spirit cannot be in? where everything around there is promoting ungodliness with all the partying with the kind of music they play in those places 
or places where there's jesting, joking, laughter? Do you participate in competitive sports? Do you have love? Are you a fan of any club? You're a fan of a club, of a football club or any sport club. You see, these are practices of the world. When you do go to the church and claim to be a Christian and yet these things are in you, those who do not even believe in God at all will look at your life and by the way, dress also, I forgot to mention that, dress. You especially, in fact, dress because dress is the first thing that people see about anyone even when you have not spoken. When you have, they have known nothing about you, they don't know whether you are engaged in competitive sports. When I see you for the first time, I don't know those things about you. The first thing I know about you is your dress. Both male and female. Do you dress like the world? Do you cover yourself completely? Or do you expose your body parts? Especially in a way that encourages impure thoughts into the mind of those who are looking at you. When the worldling, those who are cold, look at you and want to move to being hot, to being what God wants them to be, you will stop them and they will make a lot of comments and say, there is no difference between us. If we are practicing the same thing, what's the point claiming to believe in Jesus or making a change in my life? Do you want to know whether you are laudation? Do you want to know whether you are lukewarm? Then you should check these things in your life. Do you love God? Because when I say love now, that's a very deep statement. But Bible tells us in Romans chapter that should be 13, reading from verse 8, Oh no man anything but to love. And it says that love is the fulfilling of the Lord. That's verse 10. And in verse 9, it says, For this thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. And if there is any other commandment, it is fulfilled in one statement, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So when I say, do you love? It simply means, are you, do you conduct yourself in such a way that you love your brethren? Making yourself in your attitudes, in your words, in your actions, show clearly, make people know that you really love them by correcting them, by helping them to not get into bad situations, by being there for them even when they do get there. And then, doing nice things to people, speaking kind words to people, rendering help when you need to, seeking those who need help and giving it to them. These are part of the things that Laodicea does not do and that's why they are Laodicea. So to ask the question, I've just said a bit, I may not have said everything, there may be other things I have left, my brother will say about that, but when we ask the question of my Laodicea, this is what Jesus wants us to check in our lives. We need to move from being lukewarm to being hot so that we don't hinder the way of those who are trying to come to the righteous path of Christ. If, there, if those who are cold can at least see an example of those who are hot, it will lead them to Christ. And that's why we thank God that even though there are laudations, there's a room for change. It's not hopeless. There's time to change. And then even those who are cold still have hope because there are people who they can look onto that are hot that will help them to come to the right place. I pray that God will help us, every one of us, to check our hearts and ensure that every lukewarmness will be transformed to hotness. May that be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. God is speaking to us today. God is not speaking to the worldling. God is not speaking to unbelievers per se. God is speaking to 
church goers we who profess to be his followers and there's a a foundation to the problem of the Laodicean generation which is our generation the reading says there may be a wonderful appearance for zeal and ceremonies but this is the substance of their self-inflated religion the phrase I want to take up there is self-inflated religion what is a self-inflated religion self-inflated religion is one that is centered to glorify self how can i find pleasure how can i find my ego how can i find my sense of identity in this worship in this church going okay we are told not to dress a certain way and if i dress that certain way a lot of people may really cut me out maybe we shouldn't go to parties we shouldn't do this we shouldn't do that okay but i like this i like this dress i like this outfit i like i like being on the stage and singing and everybody will clap i like being in 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 being famous i like it when people praise me i like my looks there are selfish desires of the that we may have the things of the flesh that we may have to one who sings, it may be praised. To one who preaches, it also may be praised. To the one who does not preach or does not know how to sing, but loves display and is fond of display. That one, that one the, the self there may be, I like it when people are looking at me. I like, I like their attention. Now, all these selfish desires find their expression in the church. Not outside the church per se now. It could happen there, but anything i can do that can bring glory to self that is a self-inflated religion or self-inflated approach to worship so when we gather for worship the main thing is not really about what god wants it's about what we want the dramas the songs everything we do it to be yes you did well it's not about what god wants and so we find it hard to deny ourselves but we find it more to praise ourselves if the church refuses to give us the stage then we go to the world everyone looking for an identity something to take pride in ambitions okay maybe the if something is out of vogue in the church and they let's say you there's this the, the parade or whatever that has been done in the church is no is no longer getting attention it's like an old stop we now look for what is the happening thing i remember as a young person sometimes there was this youth ministry thing and then everybody was like okay i'll be a youth minister i'll be a master guide i'll be a guide i'll be this there are different ranks in the youth uh, paramilitary uh, company and you want to be either in this class from one class at a time it started losing its fervor nobody was really interested in it we became education whether you were in youth ministry or not, as long as you were, you had a BA or a B.Ed or a B.Sc or whatever, that's what mattered. And when you want to speak, you speak like someone who went to Cambridge. So all of us, our eyes turned to school now, no longer the youth ministry because that one has lost its taste. Self-inflated religion is a religion that is looking for something to make self supreme, not the not Christ, not the principles of godliness. It's just looking for a way to draw an identity from. And that's where Laodicean's problem is. So you, you want to 40 say, after all, it's nothing. Am I not doing this? 
Am I not giving a tithe? Am I not? Don't you see me come to church on time? By the way, church on time may just simply mean I am coming to church on time so that everybody will know that I come to church on time. So that people will praise that person. It's not wrong to ch- come to church on time. It's actually honorable. But a self-inflated religion does everything right so that it or he can be praised. So why there's a form of godliness but it is for self-glory. It is not to bring glory to God. But one says, Can I not have my own way and act myself? No. You cannot have your way and enter the kingdom of heaven. No, my way will be in heaven. No human ways will be find a place in the kingdom of heaven. Our ways must be lost in God's ways. I'm quoting Review and Herald, February 23, 1892. No, my ways will be found in heaven. Jesus said, if anyone will come after him, he has to deny himself. How can you know if a disease of lukewarmness is in us? You see, when we try to see in accepting the truth, we are considering ourselves first and we are not considering the will of God. That's a signal. Let's say God wants us to dress a particular way and you, you calculate in your mind and say, if I do this, if I do this, I'll lose my friends. If I do this, people will say this. If I do this, but you have found out in the Bible that this is what God wants. But your only consideration is self. What my parents will say, what people will say, what people on the street, my friends, my classmates. When you are making that consideration, that is a, a sickness of Laodicea. You heard the sermon in the church, but then you're considering self. When we put our ambitions ahead of the requirements of God, when we have idolatry of family, idolatry of business, idolatry, the, the, the Lord may say, close down on the Sabbath, and you're thinking, I, just yourself, we have that sickness. And Jesus would say, we have to deny ourselves. Now, I want to say here, as I continue, that all of us, including myself who is speaking, we are all being tempted every day to remove Christ from the picture and put our selfish desires there. And why this the temptation is going on in our mind, nobody knows. No one knows. And we may feel comfortable. It may be as though we are still religious, but in the mind a switch may have been made. A switch may have been made. And that's where the trouble is. Nobody knows. For five years or ten years, you are no longer serving God though you are going to church but you are serving self and that's where the deception comes so people see you make changes that are sharp maybe five years later but the decision was made five years ago and that becomes a deception in itself if our cases we are hopeless Christ would not have spoken to us in this generation our cases are not hopeless. We are told that Jesus spoke to this group of persons and he's speaking to us today. He paid his, this, the price for this issue. This is a type of sickness that Jesus knows about. A spiritual sickness and he paid with his blood that we might be delivered from it. 
Christ died on Calvary that man might have the power to overcome his natural tendencies to sin. So we do not have a hopeless situation. You may feel that you cannot meet the approval of heaven. You may say, I was born with a natural tendency toward this evil and I cannot overcome. But every provision has been made by our Heavenly Father whereby we may be able to overcome these unholy tendencies. We can overcome. Christ overcame in our behalf. Yes, he did. He understood this condition and that's why he's asking us today to come to him. So I really want to encourage every one of us. Our case is not hopeless. It, it is hard to diagnose a disease. Sometimes the, the doctor has to tell us the truth. A good doctor will tell you the truth, no matter how sad it is. It's so that our minds can be geared up. Religion is not about ourselves. Serving God is not about ourselves and what pleases us. If any man will come after me, Jesus will say, let him deny himself. Let us remove our personalities, our selfish desires. Let us remove them out of the picture. Though we may be tempted many times, we may be troubled many times. Though, though our situation may appear as though, ah, what good can come out of me? All heaven is still interested in the salvation of our souls, of your soul. The Lord will and does want to help. He pleads as an intercessor. He sends his spirit and he wants to help. He doesn't want to leave us. No matter how bad we are, the evidence of, our, of Christ's love for us is not in what we have done. It is that he's willing to pay the price in spite of what we have done. You may feel that you cannot pray, that you have sinned. You may feel that humiliated by your failures. And you say, the enemy has overcome me in this place. Ah, it is really true. I have been doing this and doing that. Yes, worldliness selfishness carnality may have weakened you and you may think that you are no use to approach god but this is satan's suggestions all these are satan's suggestion if someone is willing to die for you is there anything that can stop him from accepting you think about it how many persons can really die for you in this world is there anyone you can think of you may not find anyone but jesus has died for you and for me so no matter our condition, even if you find out tomorrow that there is something in you that is averse to the character of God, don't be hopeless. Come to Jesus. He wants to help. And he said, if we confess our sins to him, as shameful as they may be, he said he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Our minds may wander and we may loathe ourselves, but Jesus is there to help. So, I pray that God will give us the grace by His Spirit to draw us closer to Himself and we will respond. Do not run away, no matter the description of your disease. We are near the great physician and He wants to heal. May God help us in Christ's name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for bringing before us our condition. The truth is, it's hard when people tell us how we are. Father, we want to rest in the fact that you do not condemn us. You do not want to despise us. Lord, the exigencies of your love, the fact that there is 
we are even awake and alive this morning the father you've been protecting us even in the in the hardness of our heart lord is an evidence that you love us you have not thrown us aside or away we know you love us i pray that for everyone who may be going through the emotions of this devotional today that your spirit will be near them lord you will give us the grace to trust in your love that satan will not interfere in this heart surgery you're doing with us today lord i also pray that you give us faith to exercise in your promises that if anyone comes to you and confesses his sins that you are faithful and just lord to cleanse us to forgive us and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness please help our hearts to rest in this fact that you are willing to cleanse dear lord i also pray as we go out lord you please help us to achieve the best things today lord help us to be of use to those who are out there and thank you father for blessing us today do this work in us in your mercy and in your love we pray in jesus name amen